Ooh, hold on. Shit, 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 shit. Gotta do the, uh... Gotta put the... Oh, crap. I am so unprofessional right now. Phone's going off. You drugged out communist. <laughs> Okay, uh, say something. Somewhere over the rainbow. <laughs> you thought I was gonna say something, didn't you? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what the hell I expected. <laughs> I lost my singing voice when I stopped smoking. <laughs> like seriously, I lost. It completely went away when I stopped smoking. <laughs> that's not. That's not a pro-smoking. You know, let's go out and smoke and see if we can become rock stars. And, you know, just smoking's bad. Let's just say smoking's bad. We can agree on that, right? Smoke. <laughs> I mean, I I would hope that neither you or myself would be endorsers of the cool habit of smoking a smooth. <laughs> and talk about flavor country. It's a big country. <laughs> and you, sir, worse, worse than, than Hitler. Hitler. <laughs> oh! Yeah. <laughs> oh, you didn't give a warning. I didn't realize the warning was required. Hold on. I don't even know if this is carbonated. Oh! All right. So we both just blew our loads in the beginning like that? That's bullshit. Should have waited. <laughs> Wait, that came out wrong. That came out wrong. <laughs> it came out exactly how you intended it to come out. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> this is uh, this is odd for us. What's um, I feel like not a lot has changed, or not a lot of time has passed since the last episode. Although, well, I mean, it's been a while. I mean, all right, fuck it. I'll be quiet. No, 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 no. Continue that train of thought. Has it been a while? I I have no clue. You know, I don't even know. I, I couldn't even tell you what day it is right now. It's Sunday, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Speaking of, how are you feeling? You weren't uh, you weren't at the the Little Sisters. I feel fine. Uh, to be honest, I kind of just wanted to avoid it in general. I don't know, Thanksgiving. I just, I don't know. It's one of those things. Trying to avoid that or just trying to avoid the holiday period? Oh, the holiday in general. I mean, I, I from what I'm told, MH did a really good job. Uh, yeah, she did. She did. So, so uh, let's go. Why are you protesting all holidays now? I'm not protesting holidays, and it wasn't any sort of active <laughs> protest. And any, yeah, I have no political agenda. I don't have any reason for doing. Oh, okay, it. okay. So, so you agree that it's a passive protest, not an active protest. Okay. So let's continue. <laughs> Now you're just twisting my words. That's that's a new form of misinformation I'll have, you know. It's called malinformation. <laughs> Mal kind of like malware? Is that well, where they get that It's from? intentionally twisting somebody's words or uh, like a tweet or taking a, a statement out of context intentionally. Isn't that just called taking something out of context? Yeah, but now we need a government-approved term, which is malinformation. Is that government approved or is that Urban Dictionary approved? Well, because that's when—that's when you know you made it. This was coined by the government. 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 <laughs> uh, but you're good though. You're good though. You're feeling better. Oh yeah, I feel fine. I feel fine. 
Um, yeah, that that term actually ha- made me have to rethink the uh, mission statement for my GTA Online group because we officially changed. Uh, we had to change our names from uh, New Orleans Hunting Club, which New Orleans was a person. And okay. <laughs> So we ended up giving giving the name of the uh, group over to um, uh, a friend of ours, uh, Guilty. Good kid, good kid. But yeah, so it was, uh, we call it the uh, F you Guilty Guild. So it's F U Guilty Guild, F U G G are the four letters. So we're just one big pack of fuggers. And uh, the mission statement originally was. Uh, we use information, misinformation, and disinformation to advance our pro anti pro guilty agenda. And I had to add malware in the, or malinformation. You see, I just did that. Uh, malin malinformation into that whole thing, and it totally throws off the vibe. So do it all now with malinformation put in there. Okay. Uh, we use information, disinformation, misinformation, and malinformation to advance our pro anti pro guilty agenda. Pro an- wait. Pro anti pro pro <laughs> guilty. guilty yeah <laughs> listen I'm I'm happy or happy okay I started up a new PlayStation game well new relative speaking it came out a couple months ago I uh, just was not able to pick it up and well I didn't buy it because I just did not have the time to devote to a new game. But, you know, it was the holidays, you know, Black Friday has just passed. You don't have to justify entertaining yourself to me, of all people. You could argue that I am like a textbook heat. But go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm trying to justify it to myself because uh, it's the sequel to uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. It's Horizon Forbidden West. And I, like, I was amped for this game to come out. When it did finally come out, I just realized I had such a... um, backlog of games and i just did not have the the time to devote to it so i was actually able to pick it up okay uh for a black friday deal for like 29 bucks brand new okay Um, so i got that and i also got a game called the quarry um, that i don't know which it is so the quarry is a QTE based game so it's a quick time event based game so at certain points certain junctures you have to either um, you know, hit the analog stick in a, cer- in a certain direction at a certain point, you know, mash the X button, and you have just this plethora of different decisions to, you know, are you going to run, are you going to hide, uh, you know, like some points of the game you have to hold your breath to prevent the enemy that's like in the room from hearing you, and doing, you kind of want to like instinctually you want to hit the QTEs you know you want to make sure that you hit everything uh that you dodge everything you need to but these games are set up in such a way because this is not the first of its kind I think um uh what is uh, I think it's called Dead by Daylight if I'm not mistaken is one of the more well-known and more renowned QTE games I I know of the game and I've seen some screen uh screenplay but Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, that definitely gives me a, a more sort of, I guess, definitive idea of what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like I said, like instinctually, like you want to do everything right, but that's not really the case. Like 
you know, your your actions can have long-reaching kind of reactions to things. Um, for example, there was this one part where one of my guys ended up getting captured. I don't know if I if that was like part of the storyline, if it was uh, unavoidable or what. Viet Cong. He was in this electric cage, and then there was like this hallway of elect- of an open electric cage and then across from that was another electric cage with like with this creature inside so i'm in this room one of my characters and i have the ability to mess with the breakers to kind of open the doors to get him out so i fuss around with the breakers and i'm able to get one of the doors open but it's the door of the creature so i'm like okay and i just couldn't mess with it anymore like my character's just he freaked and he said to the uh, to the guy in, in the cage, um, you know, I, I can't do this, so he left. But there was still that, you know, he was still in this electric cage. So he was still protected from this creature. Well, later on, A was playing one of her characters. We did something called a couch co-op. So, like, we each picked four characters out of the eight, and we just alternated, you know, based on whoever was up next. When you say couch co-op, the first thing that jumped in my into my head was active laziness. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> actively lazy. It was intensive game, so, so it's actively lazy. It's, it's a very, it's a pretty passive game. So there was this part where, uh, where A was getting attacked by this old guy, and... Her character, I'm trying to I'm trying to talk about this without giving away anything. Her character uh, kind of had a uh, an adrenaline boost, so she, you know she was uh, a lot stronger th- than than she would be. She's holding this guy up by the throat, and you had the option: do you release him or do you kill him? Well, A is sitting there, you know, just kind of not sure and man just like kill him kill him (laughs) and you know and in the game you crush his throat and then you throw him and he flies into this the circuit panel box okay which knocks out all of the power for the the electric fences down below i love how i love how you you said kill him though yeah kill him just that emperor of rome (laughs) he must die (laughs) thumbs down so what happened was because A killed this dude, threw him into this the circuit breaker box, knocked out of the power in the basement, all the fences opened up, and the dude that was in there that I failed trying to release ended up dying because the creature got him. So <laughs> did not expect that. You know, didn't know that there was a breaker box in the room, but lo and behold, you know. So you know, you, you could have gone the other direction on that. We don't know how it would have turned out. But, you know, it, like I said, it's one of those butterfly effect QTE games. Uh, we went through it once. Plan on going through it several more times just to experience it. That just made me think of when you when, – the way you said it could have gone another way. For some reason, the uh, Homer robbing the Quickie Mart thing popped into my head. We'll always wonder what it's like <laughs> if we rob the Quickie Mart. Every one of us. <laughs> Still have no idea what that was a reference to. Uh, I couldn't even tell you. I think it was just random nonsense. But Oh, speaking of which, dude, you got to watch that show I was telling you about. It is so funny. Which one? Inside Job. Oh, oh I, I just finished up 
for all mankind, which we are going to talk about um, later on. I, no, I want to do, not. you know, <laughs> we got to be how okay. How are we going to have an active conversation on this? I mean, unless we just spoiler alert the shit out of it. That that's going to be the point. Okay, but then we're then we're severely limiting anyone who wants to listen to this that hasn't seen it yet. They're thereby nullifying. You would be the surprised. There there are people who will still trudge forward just to hear what we have to say about a show that they have no intentions of watching. Well, yeah, that's people that's like a demo that that's easy to keep, sure. But I don't understand that. But you know, there are people out there that are like that. So and that's the beauty of it. You don't have to understand. I know, so I know, what I was know. I saying? Right, right. So um, I'm in the middle of Horizon Forbidden West. That's where I was going. I somehow started talking about the query. So, yes, Rob got new game. <laughs> the, the takeaway from the story. <laughs> Rob liked new game. There was something that crossed my radar and I thought it was I, – I read it in an article somewhere, and I, I looked a little bit into it, and it turns out that it's um, it's true. So did you ever hear these weird stories? Like the Rolling Stones. Like they had a contract – like their contract was so outlandish that one of their requests was a bowl of M&Ms had to be waiting in their dressing room, and they all had to be the same color. Right. That's where that Wayne's World thing came from. Yes. Now – that's actually true, but there was a, a very specific reason why they had that provision in there. Oh, yeah, what's that? A lot of the equipment that they use, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of amps, a lot of wattage. There's a lot of electrical equipment that, if done improperly, could could get someone killed. Yeah, sure. And, uh, yeah, and all of that information was held within the contract. So they knew... That if they went into that dressing room and there was a bowl of M&Ms, all the same color, that someone read that contract thoroughly and it put their minds at ease. So it was more – yeah, okay. I got you. I got you. So it was almost like a safety precaution. Yes. Yeah. And if that bowl of M&Ms wasn't there, they would do an entire like mic check, wire check, electrical check just to make sure that everything was – was done correctly up to snuff so like it, it was a legitimate thing oh okay i mean i like the wayne's world version better <laughs> so where i'm going with this is so apparently the rock has in a every contract he signs to do any movie the rock is not allowed to lose a fight like it's just part of his contract <laughs> the rock does not lose the Rock does not lose. Did you see that? Did you see um, Black Adam yet? No, no, I haven't. It was Any good. It was interesting. It was interesting. Mm, that's not what I asked. I, I thought it was good, but at the same time, it's like you okay. got to make allowances for you know ridiculous storytelling. But I liked it. I liked it. I am so. I'm so superheroed out. I well, you know, Marvel did that. You know, I know, um, I know, and and then Disney's just it's just beating the hell out of that horse. Did you hear that? You know, did you like, hear that they brought back their former CEO? Yeah, there's a yeah a Bob Igor. Yeah, <laughs> we shall bring back Igor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, 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 there's a there's this rumor that I was reading that the reason why they brought him back was to facilitate the sale of the company. 
Huh? Yeah. To who? <laughs> right? <laughs> You're like, who who the hell has that much excess liquid assets that they can purchase the house of mouse? Well, there's one company. Amazon? Apple. Apple's Apple's in plenty of hot water of their own right now. I don't I'm I don't think buying Disney is really on their agenda. Ooh, we can well, I do want to go into that in a little bit, but I want to I want to go back to this whole contract thing because I wanted to pose to you if you had a movie contract, what would be one of your weird stipulations? Oh, what is something that, you know, if you if you want Mike on your movie to star in your movie, you have to meet this requirement it, it would i would imagine it would just be weird for the sake of weird like the like the demands from the movie airheads remember it's like a, a football helmet full of cottage cheese <laughs> i vaguely remember these demands but, what were they but it was like blow up dolls uh nude photos of b arthur <laughs> like yeah mine would just my i would have no legitimate real demands and anything i did say would just be weird for the sake of fucking weird well, that, that, that's what I'm asking. So your demand would be that you want a – for every, every day's shoot, you want a football helmet full of cottage cheese waiting for you in your dressing yes, room. Yes, football helmet full of cottage cheese. And the, the nude photos of B. Arthur are equally as unimportant slash important. So, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> Naked pictures of B. Arthur buried into the cottage cheese. <laughs> well, now, now, now you're just – Again, take it. <laughs> now you're just being weird. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> I was having fun. You had to take it to a strange place, <laughs> but, but not necessarily those specific things. But yeah, it would just be weird for the sake of fucking weird. And I'll kind of sort of point out the fact that these people ask for unreasonable things. I guess what I had more in mind is something that was very specific to you as an individual, kind of like you know, as you know, the Rock can't lose. But I guess having just ludicrously strange demands is very on brand for you. I think so. So I guess that would make sense. I mean, I, I, if I would have known you were going to ask this question, I, it, I'm kind of making your argument from a few minutes ago here valid. But if I would have had a few more minutes to think about it, I probably would have come up with something a little more in depth. <laughs> oh, you mean like if you yeah, would have looked at the, right. the topic? Uh, okay, before mm-hmm. I even finish the statement... I acknowledged and accepted and validated your request. So shut up, I guess. I don't know. But <laughs> feels feels nice to hear. <laughs> it's, it's good to be right for once. I'm racking my brain trying to think of one for myself. Like I feel as though if I'm going to be in your movie, I'm thinking... I want an eight-bit chiptune soundtrack, or <laughs> now I want my I want my theme song. Anytime I'm on screen in the background, there's like some sort of eight-bit underlaying like, kind of soundtrack playing. That's what I want. Just some like I don't care what Zelda genre the movie is. Stuff, like... <laughs> like it could be it could be an intense drama movie. Yeah, it could be about the second coming of Christ, and it's just. <laughs> No, I can dig that. I can. Jesus appears. Remember, remember, we talked a little while ago about that weird uh, newer Mandela effect when it uh, about the um, 
uh, original 8-bit first-gen Nintendo. I remember, but just for the sake of the continuity of the podcast, explain. No, moving on. Anyway, now... (laughs) (laughs) To hell with anyone listening. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyway. um, How this goes is... The Nintendo, you usually had to blow in the cartridge, then push it into the machine, press it down, and then hit the power button. Mm-hmm. Now, the blowing thing... God damn it. The blowing thing... Uh, God, all right. it That's still a thing. <laughs> Apparently, you don't have to push the cartridge down anymore to make it work, which Nintendo says is flat out impossible unless you replaced uh, the pin connectors inside of the Nintendo. Which, they didn't even make enough replacement parts to cover half of the uh, Nintendos that even still exist now, let alone back then. So, uh, I actually had a couple of friends that uh, had uh, the original Nintendo, and a couple of them were like, that can't work. And nobody nobody remembered anything like this ever working. Like, you me- remember even you, it was just like, you get like a blue or a black screen, right? Yeah, it would just... Just flicker. Oh, yeah, 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 that, that, the red that light. blink, 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 yeah. Yeah, and, and the LED on the NES would just would flash, and then the screen would flash in time with it. Yeah, like, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't start unless you push, push the uh, cartridge down. So I had two friends that tried it, and it f***ing worked. Like, that's curious, right? Like, weird. I, I, I don't know if it means anything at all, really, but nobody remembers it, but it does it. Maybe all the NESs that are like out in the wild have aftermarket parts that allow it? Well, that's the thing. There's, they never made enough parts to cover all the Nintendos that are doing this. Well, they, the parts wouldn't be from Nintendo. They would probably be from just someone in their basement just like 3D printing these things. That's what I mean, like aftermarket. I don't well I, I okay it's not impossible to 3D print the parts you're talking about but the, like the two friends that did it here original Nintendo's no replacement parts had them since they were little kids no, know for a fact that these things weren't replaced in, internally and it still happened even Nintendo has acknowledged that this is bizarre it's in the instruction manual that it's part of the process the original instruction manual nintendoforums.com here we go let's give this a look here um I was wondering if anyone knew why that was. I noticed that my original uh, NES, I cannot just insert the game cartridge and power the system. I had to completely press down the cartridge before getting any contact. However, when playing on the refurbished NES, I could just insert the game and power on to play. Does anyone know why this is? I was thinking that had something to do with the placement of the pins. This goes back to 2014 on this forum. It's not super new. Someone responded back with, If you insert the NES cartridge into the NES console and turn it on without pushing the power... Uh, without pushing down, you can bend the teeth of the 64-pin connector outward faster. This way, it put less force on the game cartridge itself. Do you know why they, they made the design like a front loader? Off the top of my head, I don't think I know. They wanted to look more like a VCR than a toy. Because in the U.S., we had the video game crash of 83... So they tried their best, like Nintendo did the best they could to make the system look less like a toy and more like like something that was part of, you know, an entertainment console. Okay. Hence why it's called the NES, Nintendo Entertainment System. And that's why it was colored the way it was. Basically to give it a, give it sort of a facelift and no pun intended, but yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. None of these things explain why they had to be pushed down though. I don't know. You're saying that 
at some point, you and I crossed timelines or universes, and we're now in a universe where the NES cartridges never need to be pushed down. I'm not saying anything bizarre really at all. I am merely saying that it is strange that we all remember it one specific way across the board, and now it's different. It is, I mean, again, you don't have to be in a different universe to think that's strange. Well, you're saying it's a, Man, uh, a Mandela effect. That, that's usually Well, no, that's how, that's how it's being like... recognized. I mean, it could be something else entirely. Who knows? But, yeah, there's, there's, there's plenty of Mandela effect stuff uh, out there. You know, I even had a friend bring it up the other day, and, you know, he couldn't remember what the term was called. He was talking about something else entirely, but I forget what it was. I think this is just a result of modded uh, NESs being very prevalent. Again, I didn't say it was, you know, anything insane. It's just bizarre in a slightly, you know, kind of... It's just fucking weird. Like, even the two people that uh, uh, actually tried it when I was talking to them, again, they were Nintendos that were in, you know, storage... You know, basement, attic, whatever, and brought out, never, cha- never changed, never updated, never upgraded, and they did it. Weird. Hairless pets. Weird. Yeah. That picture was freaky, right? The one I sent you, the cat. All hairless pets are weird, man. I only had a real encounter with one. I think like one time, like a cat. Like it was like a Siamese hairless. It was really. They just look like testicles. I mean, beautiful animal, but it was, you know, kind of surreal to look at. Goddamn phone. You don't, you don't need to try to try to impress anyone. They're they're hideous creatures. <laughs> no, no, not I beautiful. didn't. I didn't think so at all. I thought it was a, it was really a. I thought it was a good looking animal. I thought it was, you know. Besides, when have I ever bothered to try to impress anybody? Recently. I stopped peacocking a long time ago. I, I have to give it to you, Mike. You are unapologetically, unabashedly you. Oh, I thought you were going to say unabashedly, un- unimpressive. <laughs> and if you're going to put that out there, I mean, sure. Oh, I was wait. I was waiting for the zing. You know, you know, no zing. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just trying to be nice to you here, man. Like, you know, you, 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 you know, you do your own thing. You know, that's that's respectful. You know. Be mildly embarrassing to those around you, but you know it's it's respectful. I I had to dial it back quite a bit just to get mildly embarrassing. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! So when we go out, that's you dialed back? Oh yeah. Oh sweet Jesus! I can't do anything that uh, is commonly referred to as main character syndrome, but yeah, the the rest of it, yeah, I do try to dial it back. <laughs> main character syndrome yes it's like doesn't that just mean you can't die in the storyline well again i mean if you i guess you could see it like that in my case <laughs> i died five times so i was still here but no that's not what i was talking about I, I was talking more about the fact that it's like no matter how much i try to just tone it down and blend in i'm always like you know i always stand out no matter what i do like, I, I could never truly just fit in, even if we were all, you know, posing in a fucking military uniforms or something like that. I, it, it, it would just, I would stand out no matter what I did. Where did he get pink fatigues? Oh, these are darling. <laughs> we are combat ready. <laughs> Armed and ready to slay. Where are you trying to blend in? Disneyland? <laughs> 
stupid. They're going to be looking for army guys. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be talking about something else right now that is, I guess, more, like, incredibly zeitgeisty. Because uh, you had brought it up to me, and I had read an article uh, briefly uh, about it. Um, so it seems like we're both kind of in the know a little bit about this. And that is all the stuff going on at the Foxconn manufacturing sites. I'm sorry, the what manufacturing sites? Uh, isn't it called Foxconn? It's where they make the Apple phones. Oh, yeah, that thing is a cluster, man. You should see the videos coming out of there. It's insane. Like... You can't even, I don't even think Riot is even covering it anymore. Like, it's a full-on battle in a lot of cases. And all this is coming to fruition because of the excessive and extreme level of forceful uh, lockdowns due to COVID, correct? Uh, that's, that's a part of it. Uh, and some of it's financial, like they were promised raises, better living conditions, that sort of thing. And those things weren't given to them. I mean, I know these these places are like just a, just a hotbed of controversy. Oh, dude, yeah, it's they're they're almost like concentration camp level. They call them apartments, but when you really get down to the nitty gritty, it's almost concentration camp level. You know, one one of the most disturbing things I heard about these places is go for it. That around the perimeter of the building, they have nets installed. Oh, suicide nets? Yeah, that's real. Yeah. Who man. The staircases are like that too. They have a chain link fence that comes uh, up in between the um, guardrails and the stairs going up to the next floor, so you can't hurl yourself in between, uh, you know, the the railing and the, uh, the the upper stairs to you know fall down thirty floors and kill yourself. That, I mean, it also goes for around the buildings uh, as well as far as the roofs are concerned, rooftops. But hey, you got your iPhone right. The Apple China shenanigans, like Apple could not exist if not for this Oh god, yeah. Manufacturing process, let's call it. Does Foxconn make chips for anyone else? Uh I believe so. Uh, actually I'm pretty sure they do. Not in the same sense as the Apple thing. And the, again, there's so many fucking crazy videos coming out of China right now, even pertaining to other things rather than just the Apple stuff. Like people are, uh, there's peaceful protests, riots, uh, pertaining to uh, just the, uh, I guess you could call him the emperor now, uh, Xi Jinping. I mean, there's still no real official story as to why. I don't know if you saw this a while back when he was like. Oh, you talking about the old guy that got escorted out? Yeah, yeah. There's still, there's still no real official explanation for that. All there is is really educated guesses and theory. But I, I do want to try to stay a little bit more on this whole Foxconn thing. Well, it's all part of a larger story. That's the problem. They're, they're trying to offer to pay people to quit, which is very strange. Um, apparently, there was a text message sent out from their HR department. I, I think it's nearing the scale of straight-up rebellion. Because uh, even, even when you look at the riots... That are public and largely unacknowledged, like Brazil, they're intertwined uh, in more ways than you would think. Like even the Iran stuff, because it's about. I don't want to say too much, even though I know it's true, because I don't want to be, you know, panelist. Again, yeah, it, it wasn't fun the first time, but uh, but yeah, I mean that's it, and I, I'd rather not, you know, get tinfoil hatted unintentionally. 
I mean, what sort of uh, creature comforts would you be willing to give up to allow workers that have these kinds of sweatshop kind of working environments? That's the fucking $100 million question right there. Because China produces so much stuff that's imported to the U.S. Like, can you can you name one Amazon purchase you have put in that, at least in part, didn't come from China? Hold on, we're going to cut this part out. Uh, it's me going through my Amazon orders. <laughs> nah, dude, leave it in. It proves you actually looked and actually applied okay. yourself. All right, so I believe if what I'm looking at is correct, I would say the literal most recent thing I purchased uh, was from China. This was November 5th. I don't know why I bought a replacement battery for my 3DS, but I just felt the need that I wanted it. Again, you don't have to justify yourself to me or you. You're never going to achieve total intergalactic spiritual oneness like that, Boy Wonder. And, like, I bought a um, a stuffed plushie of Jake the dog. That was from China. The webcam that I'm currently using was also bought. And let's see. It's from a company called Nexigo, and we will see where they are from. <clears throat> Shut up. <laughs> I, heard you, I heard you snicker about something. Uh, <laughs> We're not, okay, at least we're not betting, because I'd win, but okay. <laughs> oh, Nexigo is a technology company based in Portland, Oregon. Oh, stand corrected. F- yeah. Well, look at that. All right. America. Yeah, America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this camera felt a little left-leaning. <laughs> <laughs> What do they call themselves? Portlandians? <laughs> Portlandians. <laughs> I guess it's better than Guami Bears, right? Guami Bears. So I have uh, I have one last thing I want to talk about. Independence for Quebec. Yes, independence for Quebec. Independence for Quebec. Well, actually, actually, so this whole Foxcom stuff. Luckily, I guess somewhat luckily, like there's not a single Apple product that I own. So there's not a lot of blood on my hands in such in such matters but there is no way that every company i purchase things from is an ethical company do ethical companies even exist i mean they're out there but as far as odds of finding one i you'd probably find bigfoot first like <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's that's upsetting cuz I mean, you would imagine like any ethical company that does ethical sourcing, ethical hiring, ethical pay, ethical treatment. I mean, to be ethical is expensive. Yeah, and it's easy for these companies to rationalize doing just straight up terrible things in defense of the uh, bottom dollar, you know, the bottom line. Yeah. And it sucks. I mean, especially especially Apple, okay? When you look at how much those phones cost to manufacture and import, mm-hmm. they're still marked up by hundreds of percent. I mean, you can, you can look that stuff up. Yeah, you can check that out. You know, this is a really serious episode, man. 
Well, I mean, you know, we're going to have serious ones from time to time. It's, it's, it's going to happen. We're, we're, we're not just jokesters. You know, we're two very deep, serious individuals. You know, Michael. I was actually thinking about that the other day. And it's like even going... $501, by the way, is the answer. $501? To produce a iPhone 14 Pro Max is $501, and they're sold for 1100 Yeah. So, again... Okay, no, not hundreds of times. That's wrong. Okay, but yeah, the, it's but still, it's, it's that's what it's double the price. Yeah, I mean, granted, they importing costs money and marketing and all these other things cost money. So maybe I was using old math because I, I know the uh, the older iPhones were definitely cheaper to make. Yeah, like there was something that came out about the newer ones a little while ago about how Apple claimed that they couldn't include 2.5 millimeter or 3.5 millimeter jack for headphones. Oh, the 3.5 millimeter jack, okay. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They couldn't include it for headphones because there was no space inside of the phone. But when uh, people open the phone up, <laughs> I've seen this. Yeah. What? So I've seen this. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah, there's just this little plastic square where it should be, and there's nothing in the place at all. They just phased it out so people would buy AirPods. I mean, they're not wrong. My phone doesn't have a 3.5 millimeter jack, and everything I have, every earbud I use is, it's all Bluetooth. But yeah, I honestly thought the prices would be a little bit, you know, lower on the production side and higher on the sales side. But still, I mean, you know, for that, for that additional 500 some bucks that they are selling the phone for, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> uh, bail, bail. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It it does like I I I'm kind of at a loss here because you know, for that additional uh, markup, I mean I guess it does kind of make sense. But it does say production cost is five hundred one. But like, what is involved in that production cost? Is is it solely production, or is it also the other things that you had mentioned? You know, is it also packaging, marketing, shipping? Yeah, and it probably includes one funeral of one worker who got pie the nets. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on nothing's 100 percent effective <laughs> I, I guess what it comes down to is an ethical company like we are the ones that have to foot the bill for that and we have to be okay paying more for that and are we in a recession or, or inflation an economic crisis no. we're in the middle of we're in the middle of something <laughs> financial crisis is still the official thing but recession is definitely inevitable i watch a lot of um channels and stuff on youtube and whatnot of people who are really involved in the financial markets and honestly i've never seen them go so nuts like in the, in the past few months i was like get out of this and get into that physical assets physical assets invest all your money in waffles tasty, tasty waffles, waffles. <laughs> with lots of syrup like some of them are even more doom and gloom than that you know like the buy gold crowd, for example, they're really about that. And again, I don't think that's a bad investment. The buy gold crowd. Oh my God, those people. It's not a bad investment, you know. Even if you just take into take history into account, it's like when everything else fails, what does everyone fall back on? Gold. So <laughs> bullets. Like even the the nutcakes uh, that are advertising and building all these crazy bunkers for people worldwide on a really really eyebrow raising f-ing level and scale uh you know they don't talk about when they talk about oh your luxury bunker can have a safe not to hold your money 
but you're gold. Oh, speaking of which, do you know that, um, I don't mean to imply anything nuts going from crazy bunkers to this, but... Oh, you never imply. Go on. Uh, I infer. But... <laughs> Do you remember that video? Uh, I think did you send it to me or did I send it to you? The one with the sheep run, uh, running around in circles for days and days and days. Oh, I sent that. I sent that to you. Okay, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Just based on our history, especially as of uh, late, usually the crazy stuff is left to me. But I applaud you. Uh, but anyway, it is. It is very. It is typically one direction. Yes. Uh, that's going on with all kinds of animals. With you know that role in herds like that like all kinds of different species it's happening everywhere it's really bizarre so it's not just the sheep in china that are just like wandering around in circles no that's happening with horses and even buffalo in some cases it's pretty crazy i don't know what it means if anything but it is strange that all these animals would start doing it at the same time i blame you i mean everyone does (laughs) The sheep are following orders from Hive Mind Mike. <laughs> oh, God. Somebody asked me what I identify as, like, pronouns. Something got if you said starfish. No, no, no. I was like, I thought about it for a minute. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of I kind of just mumbling stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess kind of sort of, uh, you know, by and large, you know, primarily. And I go, I guess a man. But at the same time, you have to take into account that I'm largely nocturnal by nature so i guess we do have to think about that so i guess in some senses i also identify as a bat (laughs) batman (laughs) besides if if people can identify as doctors why can't i be a batman because you didn't go through like 10 years of batman training school to be called batman michael well if people can just declare themselves as doctors now like they're doing it on social media i identify as this type of doctor or a sociologist or that's fine that's fine but but it's illegal to identify yourself as a medical doctor if you aren't actually a medical professional it's a felony i believe well i'm not a doctor i'm batman you know claiming you're batman could also get you in a lot of trouble okay well only if people discover my true identity sure Listen, listen, every one of Batman's arch nemeses, they knew who he was. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Okay, people are really doing this as far as like claiming they identify as certain positions that you need a real education to even have that title. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a felony, man. Again, I'm not a doctor, I'm Batman. Is it a, is it a crime to identify as Batman? Uh, let's see here. Just is you this... search the doctor thing, even though it's completely irrelevant. That I mean, again, that's not stopping people from doing it because they're doing it. But yeah, uh, Batman, if caught, would actually be tried as a criminal. So no vigilante justice for me, huh? I I mean, I love you, man, but I don't think your body can handle vigilante justice at this point. <laughs> Hey, I, I would argue the opposite is true. If I, everything I've been through, if I'm still standing, I have a chance to be Batman. <laughs> all, you need is, all you need is a punch to the liver, man, and you're done. Oh, oh, you're going to just blow up my spot and be like, oh, Michael's kryptonite just here right now? You're going to do that to me? So last time we spoke, uh, we had assigned some, uh, I guess we'll call it homework, for myself to finish the series for All Mankind, which is an Apple, an Apple 
TV show. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> the whole theme of this this episode, you know, by and large, has been f- Apple. <laughs> okay, and I'm like, they made this show that that we're talking about now. It so, was um, such a great show. <laughs> so, how do you want to do this? Uh, you lead the discussion because you you watched it most recently. Well, that, and that's why I asked you to start putting together some notes as well. So we can kind of go back and forth. Well, why don't we start at the beginning, which is, as always, the logical place to start. Uh, see, see, you say start at the beginning, but I wanted to ask you, before we get into like what the show is, a little bit of a breakdown of each season, uh, or at least some of the, like, the overarching themes uh, that take place. Or underlying themes. Is that what I, I... That's probably what I meant to say. Anyway. I wasn't trying to correct you. You're, you're, what you said was... Anyway, go ahead. Thanks for correcting me, Lisa. People love being corrected. <laughs> I know you hate it, so I actively don't do it. But I, I thought I was making a completely separate point. Go ahead. Greetings, O oh people of the future. I apologize. This is Future Rob doing a quick cut-in to give a fair warning that we are about to go into a really in-depth discussion regarding the first three seasons of the show For All Mankind. So just wanted to give everyone ample warning that spoilers be ahead. So if you have not yet seen the show or you simply don't care and decide to trudge forward, uh, this is your only warning. So uh, with that being said, let's continue the show. So for all three seasons combined, what I want to know is, would you recommend this to people? Is it a thumbs up show or is it a thumbs down? Are you kidding me? It's f***ing amazing. Everyone should watch it. I, I, I think by setting that standard of where we come from with our, with our talking points, it kind of like sets the tone of the conversation, I feel. But again, f*** Apple. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to give it an endorsement. I'm going to say yes, um, but there's a lot of caveats to this. Be sure to download this on iTunes, everybody. If you want the show to continue, um, it did get renewed for season four. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now, there are three seasons of For All Mankind uh, on Apple TV. Okay, I have to say one thing. If you don't have Apple TV to any and everyone listening, uh, stream EO, S-T-R-E-A-M-I-O. You can download it from the Play Store. You can also download it from the Apple Store, but it doesn't work. So, yeah, if you have an Android phone, yeah, you can just watch it for free. But go ahead. Listen, listen, we don't want we don't want to promote free watching because we actually want people to pay to watch this because we want the show to continue. I thought we were dancing on a razor's edge here with promoting an Apple show and simultaneously saying, you know, fuck Apple. But anyway, so this is one of those things where it's like, do you separate the art from the artist? Do you punish all the people on the show who make this show happen? The all the actors, all the cast, all the crew, all the writers. Do you punish them for Apple sucking? No, they, whoever put this together. But by promoting downloading the show illegally, hinders them making more of this, which impacts those people. You want to talk Razor's Edge, man? That's a Razor's Edge right there. Yeah, that is a mental and almost spiritual boondoggle. Boondoggle's a good word. I love boondoggle. Who doesn't love a so, good boondoggle? Sounds, sounds borderline offensive enough. Right? It like, just sounds kind of dirty. <laughs> it 
It's like, where were you? I was in a boondoggle. <laughs> Mike, what is the overarching premise for All Mankind? Okay, it starts off on sort of basically uh, what you would imagine our timeline is for the space race, but uh, the Russians made it first. Okay, and what was the end result of that? Because the Russians made it first. Don't quiz me. This is your talking point now. So episode one starts off, you know, everyone is, you know, all across the, you know, the United States, all across the globe. Like, everyone's glued to their TVs. Everyone is watching the first man on the moon. And this is like, this is like that, like the big opening, the big reveal uh, is that, you know, everyone's watching this on TV. Everyone's tuned in live. And when the person lifts up the, uh, the, the, the visor, it is not Neil Armstrong. And you see a, a guy in the background planting the hammer and sickle. Um, and then he gives some speech about how this is for the forward movement of, like, uh, the, uh, the Russian people or uh, what was it exactly? He said that the, the – was it like the Stalin, Stalin-esque kind of, uh, kind of way of life? Uh, something like, something along those lines. Something yeah, something like along those yeah. lines. And that was like that was that was uh, and that was like the big gasp moment. And that's how the whole show opens. Like that that's like boom. That's the first ten minutes, and you're just in it at that point. Oh yeah, you're hooked from the word go, pretty much. So yeah, so the the Russians beat us to the moon. So because of this, because you know America can never lose. America is always number one. We cannot sit idly by why the Ruskies... The Red Menace. The Red Menace. The Red Ribbon Army take over the moon and solidify their... Dominance. Yeah. In space. Yeah, yeah solidify their dominance. Not perfect word. Perfect. Solidify their dominance in space. So because we weren't first, the country continues to just pump all of this money... And, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, space and travel maintained its level of mm-hmm. importance and public interest that it lost really on a large scale after the Apollo missions. I mean, public interest is even from then to now, public interest in it is like, meh. Yeah, it is. It is very sad because I, I, I think we're doing this at, at a great time and I really hope to get this up soon. I mean, unfortunately, we're talking like we're looking at a pretty long episode. Um, but like the Artemis mission just launched, uh, I think like last week. So yeah, so so because we lost getting to the moon, money, resources, energy are all expended to continue to fight uh, the Red Menace and try to win one for for the Americans. So one of the things that I think this show does really well is the season finales. So obviously season one, like it takes place around, uh, what was it, like the 60s? I, no I think we had Nixon. All right, so, so it takes place in the '60s, like late '60s. Starts off in there, yeah, that time period. Yeah, it starts off around, around, around like mid late '60s. Mm-hmm. So each season represents a decade. Like so, season one is about the '60s and the space program. Uh, season two, I believe they do like two time skips, and it starts off in the '70s and ends in the '80s. Yep. And then season three, that that kind of captures the '90s. But season three ends, like I said, like they do time skips really, really well. Like I love the time skips. Uh, the, the way they put it together is genius, like straight up genius. 
Yeah. It's a genius move, like the way that they do this time transition to show a real quick technological advancement. You know, I think I think the best example that uh, that they did that I can give for this, though, at least that I can recall, is uh, I believe it was season two into three where they start zooming away from Earth past the moon and they show the red planet right yeah and they yeah, show like sort of and they show like that foot come down and it just and it just reads like 1993 yep. or something i'm just like I'm like that's perfect that, that's beautiful and this and and the season premieres of two and three pick up with like a like a news montage about like what has happened right since we last left these characters behind i think we need more people like ed in real life i want to talk about ed though i want to talk about ed okay Probably one of the best characters on the show uh, is is Ed. Yeah, that guy, the guy who plays him, just does it so well. Because I want to do a quick search for uh, the cast list. Because I need those names here. Uh, so yes, yeah, so Ed Baldwin. That is done by um, Joel Kinnaman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I think he was the guy from Suicide Squad. Well, I, I've never seen Suicide Squad. Well. Never seen Suicide Squad, but he absolutely crushes this role. And it's fucking noise. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So because we're constantly going for this tit for tat with the Russians, like we don't land on the moon first, so we, you know, we're trying to get there second, you know, trying trying to save face. Uh, we finally land there, and what do the Russians do? How the Russians respond? Boom! First woman on the moon. You're like, ah, oh, shit. So it's not just technology that advances it's also like human rights right also start advancing at, at a much quicker uh quicker clip because of because of the russians kind of like forcing her hand russia did have i forget her name but uh russia was the first woman astronaut in real life yeah i didn't know that yeah 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 uh check it out real quick you pull up her name uh... and i think they were also responsible for that dog and the monkey from beavis and butthead first woman in space was Valentina Trevanova. Trevan- Trevan- I think. Oh, my God. Tre- no. <laughs> it's, we're back in the medical term. Oh, we fell back into it. Okay. Uh, uh, Tercira Kova. Co- Val- Valentina. Oh, okay, whatever, whatever. But, yeah, that's who I'm talking about. Yeah. And you wonder why I couldn't remember. But, uh, but yeah, she was the first woman in space, yeah. Yeah. So I, I do love that they kind of follow the same characters every season, even so far as, uh, like, they introduce um, the the Mexican girl, um, Aleda. I know who you're talking about. I can't remember her name, the character's name, but, yeah, she's just... Yeah, yeah it's uh, Aleda Rosales. I have the whole cast list pulled up right now yeah. so I can, like, call people. So they have, like, Aleda, like, they, they start talking about her as showing her in the 60s as a young girl living in Mexico who is, you know, dreaming of space. Was it? I thought she started out like her father was a, a janitor at NASA. When they came to America, he was working as a janitor for NASA. Uh, so it really started that far back? I thought I thought it started with the whole... No, 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 because they were still in Mexico when it started. And it kind of follows, like, their immigration. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Because no. I remember her father got uh, deported at one point, right? I think that happens in season two. Uh, her father is deported, and it kind of sours her mind about things. Yeah, and and Margot sort of turned her back on her. Okay, 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 perfect, perfect. Okay, now we can get into uh, to Margot a little bit. Don't forget Werner. 
But go ahead. Oh, Werner. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Okay, okay, okay. So, first off, um, uh, the actress Ren Schmidt, who plays Margot Madison. Oh, uh, she is sexy, I, isn't she? What was that? Nothing. Go ahead. I have to say, like, I am just blown away by how they make her look like she's in her 50s or so. Oh, yeah, definitely. She was born in 83. Like, she's my age. And just, like, unbelievable what they do. Kind of, like, age her up as the decades go on. I mean, how they did that with every actor. I mean, of course, like, uh, the girl uh, was just replaced by a different actress who was older. Yeah. But yeah, everyone else who were adult. the other primary characters. Like, even Ed and Ed's wife. and Karen. Karen. Uh, what, what, was, what was the name of the... Gordo and... Oh, Gordo Stevens? Yeah, Gordo Stevens. And what was the other one? His wife. Tracy. Tracy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Even even how they did Gordo and Tracy, you know, that's... It was just amazing work, you know? And you really... You didn't even question whether it was just makeup. You actually wondered if these things were actually somehow shot with time travel or, you know, deep fakes or... <laughs> you know, it was... No, 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 it no, was, no. You got a point. You got a point. Like, they really do a phenomenal job making these characters age you know decades between the seasons aside from the characters that you know start as children and become adults uh you know obviously they just got different different actors for that um they didn't just wait around for 10 years making them age i think uh, you know like you got to hand it to that crew of makeup artists design artists you know because it's not just makeup like it's you know picking the right outfits the right hairstyle the right glasses because like margo's rocking like those like those big round glasses yeah, yeah, um, yeah. she was in, in season three she was always like weapons grade you know or weapons grade dork like she was awesome yeah right. <laughs> weapons grade dork I think, yes, like, well, you know, we both are singing the praises of uh, Joel Kinnaman as Ed Baldwin. But I, I got to I gotta tip my hat a little bit to um, Sonia Walger. She played Molly Cobb. Molly, that's who I was just thinking about yes. that. I was, I was trying to remember her name. I, I, I think that woman, I'm sure they existed, at, you know, at that point in time. Even now, that woman would be considered ahead of her time. Yeah. In the show, Molly Cobb is... She was part of the original Mercury program as one of the first uh, female astronauts. Um, and then, like, Mercury got grounded and, you know, she just got kind of got let go of the program and then got brought back in uh, after the, the Red Menace put women on the moon. And then, you know, NASA's scrambling to find all these uh, women ast- um, astronauts or potential women astronauts. So they call Molly Cobb back and she's just been like, a crop duster or something uh, at this point like uh, yeah like yeah. flying air shows and like a stunt pilot uh and she is like she she is without a doubt like rough around the edges who is the one who was a helicopter pilot that wasn't molly was it that was that was tracy stevens oh okay all right all right we don't get like the way the way astronauts were portrayed as like rock stars you know we don't get that from anywhere in the scientific community really anymore no, unfortunately not and it's not that there aren't people out there that are actual you know should get that level of validation well and, and i think you know if we would have continued funding nasa the way that we should think we would we would still have that you know but like no we would i mean you'd be hard pressed like i i refuse to believe that astronauts are not pioneers like astronauts are heroes yeah sure like true definition of what a hero is one of the things that really stood out to me from like from episode one of season one 
to I think it was like episode 10, 11 of season three. So like like the last episode of season three. And that was the soundtrack for this show. Oh, again, 100% agree. And it's brilliant. Like, you know, you know, they got Apple money. Like with some of these names are pulling in. <laughs> Elvis, Ario Speedwagon, Chuck Berry, ACDC, Nirvana, uh, Duvo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have some of the greatest hits of the 60s, 70s, and uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And it really ties you um, to the timeline that they're trying to portray and maintain. I mean, hell, like, like, and I, I had this down as, as one of the notes, like, just like, boom, the soundtrack, exclamation mark. But even whoever composed that opening theme... I so rarely never skip an opening theme to a show that I'm just like binging I know, you through. almost look forward to it each episode. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I get to hear it again. Yeah, no, I, 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 I really, got, from, I from, really. From the first, yeah, that like that first note that hits, I'm in awe of the visuals of the opening. It makes you proud to be an earthling. Yeah. Very few things oh. do. But. Yo, holy <laughs> shit. Yes. No, that that's perfect. <laughs> the opening... To uh, to for all mankind, makes me proud to be an Earthling. <laughs> Holy shit! We need to bring back the uh, the Pioneer Space Probe, get that gold record, and put this song on there and send it back out. Like that's how good this song was to me. There there have been other other uh, things like what you're talking about there with that gold disc. I forget exactly what uh, that gold disc thing was called, but uh, yeah, there have been there have been several other things put out there. One's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> it looks like an 8-bit video game. So we've talked about the things we like. What are some of the things that you didn't like about this movie? The credits. And it wasn't a movie. It was a show. What are some of the things that you didn't like about this show? I couldn't. I couldn't. I literally couldn't name one. Now it sounds like we're just, you know, shamelessly advertising. But again, <laughs> again well, I, couldn't, yeah, I we... couldn't think of one thing that I didn't like. Like... Each episode, even when even when the plot, you know, went a completely different direction, or you know, focused on one part of a specific storyline, or whatever, it was always consistently great. Again, it sounds like we're promoting, but so I think one of the things that um, like very few stories back on Earth I found interesting, like for the first season, I would say at least. Um, like, the whole thing with, like, following the astronauts' wives around for a bit, and I just... Well, they were, like, they, were get, they were trying I, to portray what it was really like for those women. I know, I know. And and I know that, that, uh, that several of those wives uh, go on to play a lot bigger roles. You know, Tracy Stevens, Karen Baldwin, you know, are astronaut wives. Like, Tracy you know, goes into space, you know, she gets, you know, she becomes an, an astronaut with her husband, ex-husband at some point, but like, and, and then like Karen, you know, becomes, I don't know. Gordo is a real redemption story, you know? Yeah. I, I, Gordo's story was fun. I I loved Gordo. I loved Gordo. Gordo Stevens was a great, great character. Um, but like, I, I, I kind of like am struck out of, I, I felt like, Karen's story kind of was like out of the blue. I'm like, why? Like, yeah, all of a sudden she's she like a captain a... of the universe, you know, or a master. Yeah, of the universe, I'm like, sorry. I'm like, wait. So, in season two, like, she owns a bar. That was the, that was the original astronaut like hangout from the early days, and it became a tourist attraction and then a tourist trap. So yeah, yeah, and then and then it becomes like a franchise. That's what like yeah. she sells the bar, 
And then it becomes this franchise, and she gets all this money. She ends up marrying the guy who she sold the bar to. And they start a space hotel? And I'm just like, I I didn't like that storyline. Well, it was kind of relevant, though, because if you remember uh, what that hotel ended up becoming. Yes. Okay, so so in season three, you know, like this this space hotel that they build, which was like, out of nowhere like, like like no explanation about how it was constructed no explanation about how they got all the parts up there it was just like there nothing. Float. It was just no, like i got you, I got it, you. Was it was just there it was just there and i and I, I i don't know if maybe they did that for like time constraints or they did that just to move the plot along but i refuse to believe that there was not a lot of drama or maybe there was a whole season where they were just building the hotel that we haven't seen yet you know that's <laughs> so, so now we're gonna go back in time now that's not how the show it's works. like it's like watching dirty but, jobs in space like <laughs> But I just I, I I hated Karen Baldwin's arc. I didn't like that. I didn't like her arc. You know, I, I didn't I, I wasn't feeling it. You know, I didn't feel it the way I felt Tracy Stevens' arc, uh, Gordo Stevens' arc, uh, Molly Cobb's arc. Like I didn't feel it. I don't think it's fair to even compare those because you know, especially like you know Gordo and Tracy. You know how how can you compare that with just running a hotel in space hotels in space 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 but yeah hotel in space and uh, the only thing the only thing i kept thinking of when um so what happens is they eventually take the space hotel and they retrofit it to be pirate ship space pirates uh a rocket and that's how this private company called helios gets to mars which is a whole other topic i mean we're just jumping all over the place here at this point but i i i just, I, I hated the whole space hotel and the only good thing i got out of the out of them changing the space hotel into some sort of rocket was i was i was like I'm like okay but it flies like a steakhouse yeah, but does it handle, handle like, like a bistro <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And then, like, like I said, and then, like, Karen Baldwin becomes, like, the COO of Helios. And I'm like, I- I'm not I'm not buying that this timid housewife becomes this. She was always a ballsy-ass woman, though. Like, I mean, maybe when she slapped her son and then he died. <laughs> okay, she did not slap the kid to death just to make that <laughs> <laughs> completely clear. <laughs> No, <laughs> she was always a very bigger than life personality, and it just came out more and more as the story progressed. That's all that is, you know. And again, it sort of speaks to the limited opportunities in the various decades and how they sort of opened up to a woman like her. All right, all right. I I yield. I yield. That that's that's a logical response. Makes sense. Don't tell anybody um, that that came from me. Uh, what that mic is pro women's rights? Is oh no, I meant intelligent input. What it's about does is irrelevant. Yeah, no, bleep the whole thing. Right. So there was just not a lot of stories that took place on Earth that I was like really, really invested in. I I, I wanted more space. That's what I wanted. I wanted more space. Right now, you got your and personal space, and you should be satisfied with that. But moving on. Well, remember, we heard that noise behind me, so my personal space may be 
getting invaded right now. I don't even know. Uh, so we need, we need to find you a safe right space, now. is what you're saying. <laughs> so moving on, moving on. There's a lot of other, you know, obviously, you know, they have to pat, you know, add additional storylines and elements going on. And there's a lot of other things that are taking place throughout all three seasons. There's this, um, this running theme of homosexuality and its acceptance in not just NASA, not just the armed forces, but also in America. Well, I've always been of the mind that there's nothing wrong with a little bum fancy once in a while. So there is this underlying long-running theme of one of the astronauts who lands on the moon uh, that is uh, Ellen Waverly. Yeah. You know, she is, you know, she's a gay astronaut. She comes out to um, to Deke. Right, right. Deke yeah, was, they were in the cockpit. Yeah, Deke was like the first director of NASA when we first start watching the show. And Deke goes on this space mission to, to – uh, to the moon. To be very clear, what Ellen. what he did, he decided who went up and who stayed down. Yeah, but he decides when people are ready or not. Yep. And he decided he was ready. Yep. So imagine that. So in this, <laughs> yeah, in this fit of like, like, like a bunch of catastrophe happens because you know it's space and you are surrounded by deadly, deadly nothing. A um, bunch of stuff goes down. Deke gets injured, and he's, like, on the verge of death. Ellen is, like, in this capsule with him and likely is going to die as well. And she comes out and says that, you know, tells him that she's gay. And, you know, he just, you know, you know, uh, you can't tell anyone. Like, you know, I, I can't believe I'm hearing this. Like, how can you tell this to me right as I'm about to die? Um, so she's kind of left, like, holding this sadness because Deke does pass away. Well, remember what he told her, you know, don't ever tell anyone what you just told me. Yeah, because of just the the pariahness that uh, would befall anyone yeah, that, in the 60s. That sort of stigma that surrounded dead. it at that point in time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, she kind of um, internalizes that and you know, doesn't really uh, come out. And, you know, she finds... A friend of hers who is this gay guy, and they kind of form this coupling. I mean, they are each other's support system, and they they get married in order to prevent their secret of her being gay and him being gay from coming out. Yeah, it was just a disguise. There's a term for it. I forget what it is. A beard? No, no, no. I was thinking hag at first, but that still doesn't, doesn't. I forget what it's called. Doesn't sound right. That's not right. Yeah. And and what happens for what happens for Ellen is, you know, that they continue to perpetuate and live this lie, um, <laughs> very successfully, I might add, because in the '90s, in season three, what happens? Well, doesn't that's when he gets busted? No, Ellen becomes president. Oh, 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 oh right, White House. So, so Ellen becomes so again, like you know, going back to what we had said earlier, you know, like women's rights are greatly advanced uh, because of because of the Russians. Like the Russians really help out women across the globe. Um, and there, there's actually there's a there's a theme that's going on uh, at that point is that like you know maybe the Russians aren't so bad. Like look at what they're doing for women for uh, women's rights. 
Uh, so that's why the Americans are like, no, no, like, you know, they're, they're actually really bad. You know, we're the good guys. We need to do this as well. Like a lot of the, a lot of the world is kind of pro Stalin. I think that like, you can kind of pick up on that, uh, in the, in, in the first season, uh, with, um, with, with a lot of like the newspapers that they show. At least, it, at least it's not pro Mussolini. That would be, that would be bad. So like, there's this underlying like discussion of, of homosexuality and it kind of comes to a head uh, in season three. Uh, one of the astronauts that's on the Mars base, because at this point they are on Mars, uh, he just he comes out, and that causes a whole kerfuffle. Ellen's husband gets caught on tape uh, about you know like discussing like having a, having an affair with an intern, and no, it was an, it was with an aide. Oh, aide, yeah, 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 same diff. <laughs> wrong president mike wrong president <laughs> now that would be like if that happened now the monica Lewinsky thing it would just be like so what like we're so accustomed to corruption that a bj in the oval office just isn't so bad but moving on overton window shift um so so ellen and in the end of season three um, you know, rather than let her husband, you know, aka like you know her best friend who's been with her, you know, through all of this, uh, rather than let him take the fall, um, she comes out to the world, you know, which I I I was I was moved by that. I thought that was a really really powerful move on her end. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and plus, it allowed her to open up and to pursue her actual love interest, which was. You know, uh, that woman, Pam, who was the bartender at, what was the name of the bar? Oh, I can never remember the name of that damn bar. But the original bar that all the astronauts hung out at, that became a tourist trap in the end. Yeah, that bar. Yeah. So, to, to continue this, this discussion about there being, like, a lot of other themes that are taking place, you know, because technology is advanced, I would say it's, like, it's advanced, like, three decades uh, from where it is. Because, like, in the 90s, like, they have, like like advanced video calling they have like very kind of like uh they look more modernized like laptops and cell phones well, the, the, so it seems the like the idea was that with the continued interest in nasa and space travel uh it advanced the timeline and scientific discovery technological discovery as far as it pertained to such things that that we ended up getting later irl they're saying we would have gotten sooner if we had maintained the level of funding and interest in the space program and, and and I absolutely love that, because I, I there, there's no reason to believe that that wouldn't be the case, you know, because so much of our current tech that we have comes from these other programs, you know, like we have like like NASA technology is in everyone's home. I think we got microwaves from NASA technology, uh huh, or aliens or aliens, Mike. Okay, whatever. No, 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 no. I was just thinking about something else entirely. Not everything's aliens. Just most things. No. <laughs> so one of the things, one of the other, like, like one of the other um, storylines that are being uh, kind of in the background that President Waverly is constantly, like, under pressure for this jobs bill. And, oh, God, like, like this was boring to me, but it was, like, it was something interesting, but it was just done in such a boring way. Like I wish they, I wish they, they would have kind of put a little bit more emphasis on this. Okay. 
because now we're mining helium three on the moon. So we have like like America's en- is energy dependent. You know, we no longer have to worry about like natural gas, fossil fuels, any of this, any of the stuff which are these pollutants. But it put all these people out of jobs. And so there's this. Wait, they took their yachts. Thing of, they took their jobs. So anyway, go ahead. So helium three and nuclear fission were advanced again, like like you had said. You know, like the technology had advanced. 30 years so now we have this in the 90s with nuclear fission putting oil and gas employees out of work you know and there's all this pressure on ellen to sign this bill this job bill which i i, I can't even like really I, I wasn't able to follow what the point of this was i don't know i i feel at some point my for all mankind kind of got confused with the west wing i was gonna say and... don't look up but <laughs> Like I didn't really know what show it wanted to be for a bit, and and that 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 kind of stuck me out of season three, you know. Anytime they went back to Earth, because I'm like, I don't really, I don't really care. Yeah, it like, just gave you the feeling you, like Karen? he didn't belong there. On, yeah, on like, Earth. I'm like, I'm like, good for you, Karen, for being a CEO. Like, what's going on with this jobs bill? I don't care. Wait, why? Why is this guy plotting to blow things up? What's with this? So, there's this terrorist storyline going on. With Gordo and Tracy Stevens, uh, one of their sons. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. For the love of God, Mike. Why did they pick that kid? Like, what was the point of this? Oh, okay. I thought you meant the actor himself. I was going to say, I didn't much care no, for I'm him. Like, he kind of like, dragged out the, of it. Like, why, did they, why did they bomb the NASA headquarters? Like, what was the point of this? Uh, they, they, there was, it was actually surrounding a crazy conspiracy theory suggesting that, uh, that whole event where, um, Gordo and Tracy did what they did without giving him way too much detail, uh, Mike, 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 this whole thing is spoiler-tastic. All right, well, they, they, they were promoting this idea that NASA was lying about that whole event. The, the event that Gordo and Tracy... Like sacrificed themselves to save the the moon base. Yeah, they they the whole thing yeah. was that it was a lie, and you know, and it was uh, somehow that statue was somehow a disservice, and you know NASA needed to be destroyed and all this. I mean, again, it was kind of one of those runaround plots, but you know, I mean, they had to do something. I thought it was going to be more in depth rather than just a bunch of dirty hippies. Like, I really thought there was going to be more to it. If if that was the only point of that storyline like they, they should have nixed that one from season three like there was enough going on there, in season there, three there like, i didn't was. care about you know, like i didn't care about gordo and tracy's son like i don't even remember the kid's name well you remember their other son was up there with ed danny yeah but there was also like, some some other plot stuff going on there as well you know like you want to talk you want to talk about that uh well i mean yeah i suppose you know, because um, uh, the one one kid, I forget his name, but yeah, he ended up, when he became like in his late teens, early 20s, ended up tagging Ed's wife. And it was like this big secret. It ended their marriage. You know, and it was just, Ed, Ed, Ed never really found out. Did he end up finding out at the end? I, I can't remember. I feel like he did. No, no, no. So Danny, you know, who you know, slept with Ed's wife, ends up going to Mars with Ed. Like Ed personally picks him. To join Helios. Yeah, Danny loses his fucking mind being a drug addict and shit. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, like Danny like falls into like uh, pill addiction. Old habits. Uh, he en- yeah, and and then he ends up causing this massive catastrophe that kills off like five or six of the characters, which. There were too many people on Mars, man. I didn't know so many of these names. They're like, oh, so-and-so's dead. I'm like, oh, no, should I feel bad? <laughs> I mean, you should always feel bad when people die. I mean, you soulless f***. But... <laughs> so Ed and Danny end up buried in one of the pods, like, under all this avalanche. And Ed is injured. Danny is going through withdrawal. Didn't Ed get shanked by, like, a piece of metal? Yeah, yeah. he got, like, a piece of metal in him. Um, and Danny... When he's in the process, he's about to confess what happened. The rescue mission of NASA, the Russians, and Helios combined. They open up like one of the uh, lava tubes underneath, and it and they're able to rescue Edward, uh, Ed, and Danny before Edwin. Danny has a chance to confess <laughs> that that uh, that he slept with Ed's wife, which ended their marriage. So no, Ed does not. Ed's gonna get her back. I have faith in Ed. Ed's going to get who back? His wife. So at the very end of season three, the last episode, during the bombing at Houston, Karen died. He'll still get her back. Zombie Karen, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Did she die? I don't remember her dying. She died, yeah. Yeah, she died. Oh, yeah, they put her in the ambulance and everything. and yeah, 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 okay. I still have faith in Ed. But go ahead. Yeah, Ed will. Ed will prevail. Technology did not. Technology did not advance that far. Um, well, with NASA and, funding, uh, I mean. <laughs> and and one of the things that like at the end of season three is when uh, when they this like some random dude picks up the newspaper says that the new um, Houston uh, NASA location is named the the honorary um, Molly Cobb location like it's named after molly cobb because molly was there on site at the bombing and she died saving people so molly died as well because of this i liked molly i really did yeah yeah i mean i i think molly um because she ends up getting exposed to a bunch of radiation on the moon she loses her vision and so she's this blind lady and she escorts all these people out of mission control, blind, and then proceeds to go back in to get more people. And that's the last time you see her. So she dies off camera. Well, so, so you, maybe she's not dead? But I don't know. No, she's dead because they named the place after her. It's the honorary you know, memorial uh, mission control. Oh, right. Yeah, mission that's control stupid. Station. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Or maybe she split to uh, the other team as well. Who knows? Like, that whole bombing thing, like, I get it. They had to do something at the end, I guess. But why Why was Ed and his adopted daughter, Kelly, her strapped to a rocket, sending her up to the, to the Phoenix orbiter with Ed having 2% fuel to land on Mars and to get Kelly up there because she's pregnant with you know, a Russian love child that was conceived on the on the surface of Mars. How was that not enough? Why did they have to throw in this bombing? Well, I mean, something had to happen, you know, on on Earth. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, it's. Uh, I, I I I thought Ellen coming. I, I think out that is, level of effort I, to save the first human born on Mars in a very long time was worth it. Yeah, but I, I think that's that's enough. I just said something completely the, the, ridiculous, but all right. 
like like the like th- that that's enough for the people you know for us the viewers okay like we don't need no espionage terrorist bombing like subplot i don't know i i i, I hated it i hated it so much i thought it, it was drove me. i mean i didn't really think about it till, till just now but yeah i guess again they just needed something to happen on earth maybe write out a few characters the way they did and you know move on from there like i, I literally have written down wait why was there a bombing again i missed this entire plot why, why does he hate NASA? His parents are heroes. All of a sudden, he believes these weird hippies. Hey, man. Really? Hippies can be really persuasive. Anyway, that just that drove me insane. But the hero shot, okay, when Ed goes up to deliver his daughter so she can give birth safely and then slams into the surface of Mars... And that hero shot of him walking out of the, like the dust, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm off the sofa at this point, sitting on the floor, like clapping. I'm like, yeah, yeah, fucking Ed, yeah. <laughs> like I was, see, like I didn't need no bombing. Like I was so vested in 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 what was going on with Ed saving his daughter and his grandchild. That's what I cared about. That's how it should have ended, not with killing off Molly Cobb and Karen Baldwin for no reason. Because some little idiot believes some conspiracy theorist. Oh, God, I hated it. I hated it so much. Is this why you hate conspiracy theory? <sighs> no. <laughs> There's a lot of other reasons why. And then, like, the closer, you're led to believe that Margot died in the bombing. And then it ends with her waking up, looking out a window, and you see a Russian hammer and sickle flag out the window, and it just ends? She was in Moscow. She was straight up in Moscow. Yeah, but, like... How- how did she get the mask? The whole thing was she she went through all that effort to save her, I guess, counterpart from Russia. Warner? No, no, no. Warner, Warner, Warner was a Nazi. Uh, Roland. Was it Roland? Anyway, yeah, they were swapping information yes. back and forth for years and years and years to, you know, basically help each other and their countries, you know? But it was a very under-the-radar kind of thing. I think they communicated with uh, records. So, so what are you thinking? Do you think like she traded her freedom? No, for it was just Roland? a role reversal. Now she's stuck in this while he's free in America. But I think that's what it's going to end up to be. Because they were going to lock her up in America. <sighs> yeah, she was under investigation by the FBI. What's her name? Or Alita. Yeah, I mean she didn't mean to do that, but no, because like she refused to cooperate with the FBI because of her her devotion to Margot, but also because of what they did, what the FBI did to her father. The FBI sucks. In the show, of course. The show. I do like that they touched on some of the stuff about, like, clean energy being produced and it putting people out of jobs. I wish they would have focused more on that. Um, I, I, I do find it interesting about, like, the... Because, like, we, you know, we're, we're kind of finding ourselves right now at, at this kind of um, juncture um, is the commercialization of space and space travel. So I thought that was that was like an interesting uh, touching point, you know, pulling Helios in because the entire, you know, race to Mars consists of, you know, NASA, Russia. So you have America, Russia, and then private industry. One of these days we're going to have to, I'm sorry to divert, but one of these days we're going to have to sit down, get drunk, and I'm going to have to really explain the last 10 years of my life to you. Okay, because I've been biting my tongue through quite a bit of this, but go ahead. No drinking for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give you cranberries. Just cocaine. Juice. Right. Got to set limits. Go ahead. It's important to have limits. So, yeah, like that's that is all I have. You know, man, we really went 
all over the place. Uh, this was entire, like, wildly spoiler-tastic, but people knew what they were getting themselves into. You know, we said last episode we were going to be doing an in-depth discussion about For All Mankind for the first three seasons. Uh, so we sound like two crazed lunatics rambling on that this. That might be a new we thing just... for you, but for me that's just Tuesday. <laughs> Thanks, M. Bison. Thank you. Anything to uh, to close up with? That that's that is all uh, I got on my notes. I mean, I think we covered it without. No, we blatantly destroyed the whole thing. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think we covered it without spoiling. No, we fucking we fucking no, it's done. <laughs> We're gonna have to go back in and edit like a, a, a disclaimer, and it's like if you ever plan on watching the show, turn it off now. Or turn turn this off now and then watch, you know, what is it, 30-some-odd hours of a thing. And hopefully, if you remember, we even still exist by the end of it, come back to it. You know, of course, we'll still catch a small demographic that have already seen it and just either completely disagree with us, a combination of agree and disagree, or just nodding heads, you know? But we're, we're bound to hit all kinds. Nodding heads. I didn't say talking. I said nodding as in just straight-up agreement with our... Opinions. Yeah, yeah just like, uh, yeah, mm. yeah, most yeah. definitely. Spares. You- so the reason why I said at the very beginning of this that I would recommend this with extreme reservations is that I don't think this show is for everyone. This is a very particular niche you of mean, like, what, smart people. people? If you are interested in space travel and you are interested in, like, what-if scenarios, um... Like, I, I don't think this is really, like, this isn't going to have a broad reach the way, say, something like, I don't know, like, Breaking Bad did. You know, like, it's not going to get that level of um, of people. Yeah, no, I, <coughs> I get what you're saying. Um, which is I unfortunate. And it definitely has, if, if you have an interest in just science or even history, I mean, granted, this isn't exactly a history lesson, but it sort of does give you a glimpse into how things were uh, from that time period and how they would have evolved into now if they uh, had happened exactly like that. And you still even, just from a historical perspective, you still get uh, a sort of glimpse into all the trials and tribulations that uh, the people in the Apollo space program actually went through. I didn't think about that. You know, like, there is believed to be a pretty high level of historical accuracy in how they present a lot of this stuff, especially for, like, Uh the Apollo missions. I I guess if you were a little bit of a history person as well, you know, the first season would be interesting to you. Because after that, like, it it greatly skews away from, like, continuity of the current timeline. Yeah, it, it does veer off from the historical perspective. But it's still, it's still really fun to watch, you know, and... The his the sort of historical part to just even being interested in science or just you know straight up action and just story writing and just a good story just sort of kicks up right when the historical interest dies off. So I mean I I I don't see how this couldn't be for almost anybody is what I'm trying to say. No, I I think that's a fair analysis. You know, like we're you know we're not always going to agree on things. You know, like you. Oh, you liked some of the storylines that were going on? I I didn't really put too much thought into that terrorist thing, but it's um, stupid as shit now that you mention it. 
I believe that this show is for most of mankind. Not for all of it. I think you're failing to take into account how much our numbers were thinned out by Mountain Dew, Doritos, and the X Games. It's the trifecta of an early death. <laughs> right, yeah.